As you all know, when we created this podcast, we did not create it just to change the news. We created this podcast to change the world. Moments ago, we just learned, minutes ago, we just learned that officer, Dallas police officer Amber Geiger was indeed convicted for the murder of 26-year-old Botham Jean. As you all know, we've been fighting for justice for Botham on this podcast, and I've been fighting for justice for Botham since the night he was murdered. I want to break some of the news down, tell you about what's next, tell you what happened that was a success in this case, and uh, just unpack and explain it for you. It's going to be a quick episode. I'm going to be uh, speaking to the family and the attorneys shortly as well. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the Breakdown. It is a very bittersweet moment. In some ways, me, my friends, uh, my best friend on earth is the attorney Lee Merritt, who's the personal attorney for the family of Botham Jean. I've become close personal friends with Botham's mother and father and sister and brother. And uh, my wife and I have been to St. Lucia and the, the Jean family has been to our house. We fought for justice. And when I say we... The family of Botham Jean assembled one of the most organized, most impactful, powerful teams to fight for justice for their family, for their son. And uh, it's, it's one of the best teams I have ever been a part of. And I want to thank each of you for supporting the family, for supporting me, for supporting the attorneys and the activists and organizers there on the ground. I say bittersweet. I was with the family of Botham Jean this weekend in Dallas. My wife and I traveled there, and they had what would have been a 28th birthday celebration for their son. The truth is, uh, Botham's mother and father, what they actually would like is for their son to be alive. And when we say justice, it suggests that there's some balancing of the scales that Now, what was done to them is being paid back in a fair way to them. And the truth is, you could never pay them back for what was taken from them. This mother and father poured their heart and soul into both of them for for 26 years. He was their pride and joy. He was a star in his family, a star on his job. He was uh, a star in his faith. He was a star in St. Lucia. He was a star in Dallas. You know, I said this morning on the Tom Jonah Morning Show something that I had not learned until I spent time with the family. Botham's mother actually used to work for the prime minister of St. Lucia. She was an executive in the federal government. And Botham had major serious aspirations to one day return to St. Lucia and become prime minister himself. He was very interested in politics. And if you meet anybody who ever met him, you'd understand why he was the most, and I mean this in the most respectful way, the most charismatic, charming, warm, gregarious human being. And the prime minister, the former prime minister of St. Lucia, was at the birthday celebration this past week. If you hear noise in the background, we're packing our offices and moving to a new office. The former prime minister of St. Lucia said, We sent one of our best sons to the United States of America only for him to be shot and killed in his own home. And that is 
so horrible and so painful and so real. And Dallas did today what few cities ever do. As you know, I have walked now with hundreds of families who've experienced police violence. And for so many different reasons, they never get justice. And before we close today, I want to break down why I believe this family got justice and how we can duplicate this again in Dallas and across the country to hold officers responsible for their violence while we simultaneously try to reduce it in every way we can. Let me break it down. Break it down. down. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people have, over the course of American history, been shot and killed or otherwise killed by American police. And we can count on two hands the number of people that have ever really been held responsible for these murders. And so there are so many factors that I want to quickly unpack and explain and break down on why I believe this family got justice. Many of them are are actually unfair and should not be the case. But I, I just want to give my perspective on why this was different. There are probably about 10 factors, and I'll quickly go down each of them. First and foremost, I think it begins with Botham Jean himself. Um, Lee Merritt and I talked about this often, and it's, it's painful. It basically took a man who was near perfect, who had no character flaws, and had basically never made a mistake that anybody knew of. It took a man who was literally a holy disciple to to finally get this type of justice. That in the um, American legal system, the first thing that police officers and often even prosecutors and defense attorneys do is try to demean the character of the victim. And in this case, they just couldn't do it. Both of them had an impeccable reputation. He is and was a man of impeccable integrity. At every level and every stage of his life, he was generally the best man in the room. So the fact that this family got justice begins and ends with, with that. It, often, uh, it, it, it is often impacted also by the family itself, This was a family of means, a family of influence. This was a family that had the full backing of the St. Lucian government behind them, which mattered. Um, This family was able to assemble a team, including myself. I've I've said this publicly, but just hours after Botham was murdered, my barber, Adrian Fannis, who is from St. Lucia, born and raised in St. Lucia, called me, which he never does called me with an ambassador and a diplomat on the phone to tell me about Botham Jean. From that cause where I reached out to Lee Merritt and other attorneys and the family, and by that next afternoon, Lee was representing the the family, and, and they had already started assembling a team. And being a family of, of means, of influence, uh, that is deeply connected, it mattered. I mean, who has that? Like, most families don't. And so that was that played a major role in it. Here's something painful, and I'm going to talk about it more in the weeks ahead. 
Both of them had something that Lee and I have seen one other family have, and we saw it have a huge impact. It's ugly. So many white people validated, co-signed, verified that Botham was amazing. At every stage of his life, where he went to college, where he went to church, where he worked at PricewaterhouseCooper, the, the CEO of PwC stood by this family in, a, in an amazing way, publicly, privately, of one of the largest corporations in America, the CEO, vice presidents, his supervisors, the, 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 the young people that he mentored at PwC. He had professors, mentors, white pastors and others who all said that he was one of the best people they'd ever met. And I'm telling you, out of experience, I know that in Dallas and in this country, those white validators mattered in a way that they shouldn't have, that it should never be the case, but it, they mattered in a major way. Uh, this family assembled a world-class legal team, not only with Lee Merritt, but attorneys Ben Crump and Daryl Washington. Um, like that was a, was a huge factor that they were getting first-class legal advice from the day after Botham was murdered. They had people literally and figuratively hold their hands to walk them through what justice would look like. Their, their legal team was made up of people who have been through this before. Um, didn't there, there are several systems that were at play. The district attorney of Dallas was a man that many of us helped elect. Uh, and that plays a major role. When the district attorney is a stranger, it's hard to make a phone call to them. This was a district attorney who was known well by me by my team at Real Justice, by all of the attorneys. And this district attorney, unlike any district attorney that we have ever worked with before, was willing to regularly meet with the attorneys of the family, with, with the family, and to talk with them about the injustice that was done to them all through the case. And, and that mattered. The DA took it personally, John Crusoe, And... Him taking it personally. He's not a perfect district attorney, but he took the needs of this family to heart from day one. He did something that almost never happens when a first a police officer is rarely charged. But when they're charged, often district attorneys put their worst trial attorneys and prosecutors on the case and try the case half heartedly, making it obvious that they never even wanted to secure a guilty plea in the first place. That was not done here. He literally put, John Crusoe, put his best prosecutors and trial attorneys on the case, and they went hard in the investigation and in the trial, and it mattered. I mean, they prosecuted this case as if it was their family that was murdered, and we were all blown away by it because you never really see that. The judge in this case, Judge Kemp, um, a... A progressive black woman from the community. She was fair but firm to both the prosecution and the defense. But over and over again, she struck down horrible motions made by the defense that probably would have been allowed if it was any other judge. 
But she saw through them. She understood what they were about. And she understood that this was a family who was wronged, who was seeking justice. And all of those factors came together to have basically an impeccable victim, a a connected family, a first-class legal team for the family, a district attorney that the community chose to elect, ousting the previous Republican district attorney, a judge that was connected to the community. And finally, four months in Dallas, activists and organizers and, 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 and media personalities had been saying, please, please, if you are called for jury duty, say yes. If you are, if you are chosen for jury duty in this case or any case, say yes, because we need good people on this jury for both of them, and the jury panel or the jury pool, which is often between 40 and 50 prospective jurors, was an amazing jury pool to begin with. And from those 40 or 50 potential jurors, um, 12 jurors that, that were chosen were amazing. It was five black men and women, five uh, uh, Latinx uh, men and women, and two white jurors. And it wasn't just a racial dynamic. They... They were open to prosecuting a police officer in this case, and and they did so. She was charged with murder and found guilty of murder, and uh, which, frankly, after some things that have happened over the past few days, we weren't sure it would happen, but it did. And so it took so many factors for all of that to come into play. And I think it's so necessary because we do believe that if officers believe they're going to be held accountable, maybe just maybe they will think twice before using lethal force. And this is one of those rare cases where an officer will be going to prison for using lethal force. And many of us are prison abolitionists, but this is a case where someone deserves to do time for the crime they committed. And, um, we hope that it's duplicated in other similar cases. And part of what many of us, including the family of both and John hope to do is show other families how this can be duplicated. Listen, I've got to run. As you may have heard me say, we are moving our entire offices. We're moving our podcast studio. And so uh, we have a lot of work to do. I love you all. I appreciate you. I love our team here at the North star and the breakdown And I love our Breakdown crew and our Action Steps crew, the Action Pack, and all of you for supporting us, for helping make justice possible. Take care, everybody. Break it down.